0: Amen. Do uh, take your seats. Please be seated. Just put that a little bit there. Great. Well, uh, it is a risk me having this microphone, okay, because uh, I'll let you into a secret. Uh, When I started working for Knighton Church in Leicester, they gave me this fancy Britney Spears-like microphone, and I broke it during the service. And they're expensive. Man, I couldn't believe it, so thank you. It's a risk that you've uh, taken with me here today. Don't quite have Brittany's hair either to match it, but we'll manage. And um, this morning, did you know that you can survive 30 days without food? Apparently, I don't know if I could. 30 days without food, 3 days without water. On average, 3 minutes without air. But without what we're talking about this morning, it's said we'll last an even shorter time. You probably know what we're talking about this morning because it's there. It's hope. Hope is the invisible fuel for humanity. And actually, it was philosopher Lewis Mumford uh, who first said those words that we will destroy ourselves in an even shorter time without hope. We often don't realize that we live off it or that we need it so much. A good definition of hope is uh, this hope is trusting in a future which is real. That makes today's situation livable. It has to be real. Hope has to be something certain or close to certain that will happen. Because otherwise we're just being optimistic. And I'm sure you've all met those impossibly optimistic people who are rainbows and sunshines when you know the storm clouds are coming. We don't want optimism. We want hope. Something that's real. Something that helps us. It makes our day-to-day living, which can be rubbish, Liveable. Look, maybe you still don't believe me that hope is this important, this crucial for humanity. Here's a little uh, thought experiment. Two men are starting work at the same factory. They're starting work in the same job. And their job for 10 hours a day, five days a week, is to put three pieces of pineapple on a meal deal fruit salad. And they do that over and over again. Just If you want to close your eyes, you can. Just imagine it. They're putting three pieces on, next one, three pieces on, next one, three pieces on. They're doing that minute by minute, hour by hour, ten hours a day, five days a week. Can you imagine? Same job, exactly the same work that they're doing. They're working in two different rooms. But here's the difference. One man is promised £10,000 at the end of the year for all his work. The next man is promised 10 million pounds at the end of the year for all his work after a week goes by they have lunch together and the first man who is earning 10,000 pounds just goes to him and says this job is unbearable I can't keep going this is so dull this is so tedious the other man quite bewildered goes what? no no this job is fine it's quite peaceful actually I've never noticed how beautiful pineapple are What has happened? They're both in the same day-to-day reality, same room temperature, everything the same, but one difference. Their future is very different. You see, one man's future is changing his experience of the present. That is hope. One man has it. The other doesn't. Hope changes everything. Hope is the little bit of light in our lives that's coming that helps us walk through the darkness Desmond Tutu said this love this he said hope is being able to see the light despite all the darkness hope is what makes the day today which might be rubbish livable because it's coming something is coming which is far greater which I hope you are starting to see and it can be something so simple you don't have to be getting 10 million pounds in order to have hope hope can be knowing you know, that just the work day is finishing soon And I'm going to go home and I'm going to put on that TV show. I'm going to put my feet up and watch the next episode of whatever it is. Um, What was that one on the BBC about the police? I was addicted to that one. I can't remember what it was called now. What was that? Line of Duty, yes. I looked forward to that so often, loved it. Uh, it can be something so simple as that. Or going for a drink with friends after work so it makes the emails you know, more surmountable. Or, this is interesting actually, I, I find this. You know you have to have a difficult conversation with someone and it's, it's really tough and it's a horrible thing to do but you know it's for the better of that person. You know that it's gonna be better for the company or for your friendship, that you've had it. It's that little bit of hope, that little bit of light. That helps us walk through the darkness. Uh, now, the problem is uh, human beings can lose hope. And the tragic thing is it can be a catastrophe. As we said, you need hope more than food, water, air, Hope is the fuel that helps us keep going, but we can lose it. Now, what makes us lose hope? Uh, Andrew Del Bonco, uh, or Banco, I can't pronounce his name very well, says this and helps us know the first thing that helps us lose that stops us from having hope. He says, hope is the way we overcome the lurking suspicion that all of our getting and spending amounts to fidgeting whilst we wait for death. What a bleak saying. That's horrible, isn't it? But what he's saying is rather profound, rather deep. He's tapping into one of the biggest beliefs in society that this world is all there is. This universe is just as it is. The material world is all. And he's saying this, look, if we came into a random existence, not purposely put here, but accidentally come just by luck, and if we're coming to a random end, which could well be tomorrow, then what is the point? He says we're just fidgeting around until we end. And to him, hope is just an illusion created by evolution that makes us forget about this end. Oh, that's bleak, isn't it? But if we're honest with ourselves, if the universe is all there is, then that's what hope can amount to. But let me tell you something. I think it's worse than what Andrew says. I think if you truly get to grips, or if you're someone today perhaps who's feeling just pointless... It can rob you of all hope altogether. It really can. Even the lights in your life can be snuffed out, no matter how amazing they may seem. One tragic story uh, that explains this, and it is is a really sad story. I'm sorry to tell it this morning, but it really puts across this message of meaninglessness, which we can feel. Let's be real. We do. It's a a woman who was speaking uh, to a pastor... Uh, and she's uh, from India, and she said uh, her husband was a very prominent uh, doctor uh, in this particular place in India where they worked. She said this, I could take you to one street in this city where there are three apartment blocks owned by us. She said, my husband worked incredibly hard, incredibly successful. He was a very conscientious doctor. For every uh, person that he performed surgeries on, he'd go out in the middle of the night and check up on them. And then come back at 3 or 4 in the morning, get some more sleep, wake up and do his surgeries. What a working life that is. He's fixing broken people. So much to live for. She said on this one night he got up and left. And I didn't think anything of it. But it was the usual routine. And so I just went back to sleep and all of a sudden I was awoken in the middle of the night by a tremendous thud. I shook up in the bed and I called for my husband yet there was no answer. I went down to the kitchen and his head was on the table. And it was that moment I realized my husband was gone. It's a tragic story. So sad. She said there was a note that was left. He said, some people die natural deaths. Others choose to take it themselves. That is my choice. And she just looked up at this pastor, eyes full of tears, and says, I just want to know Why? Why? They had so much hope, so many lights, which we would love to have. They had the wealth some of us dreamed to have. He had the job some of you are working for and look forward to. He's making a meaningful difference in the world, fixing broken people. And yet it was the meaninglessness that robbed him. He said, some lives end naturally, some lives just end differently. And that's my choice. If the end is the end and it's going to come, what difference does it make if it's now? Oh, it's bleak, guys. It's really bleak. It's pointlessness and meaninglessness. It's dark. And I hope you're fidgeting and feeling uncomfortable in your chair and you're wanting to just shout out, there's something more. We know that's not all there is to life. We know right now there's meaning. There's reason to exist and to live. We want everyone to know that. And I hope in this room, if you're feeling the same way, please know you have great meaning. There is great purpose for your life. And we're coming to that. And we can feel it innately, don't we? Like Jolene said, she felt it when she looked up at the stars. You could tell there's more going on in the universe. When you look inside, you can see the detail of our own human bodies. There's something more. Well, We're here for a reason. But one more thing that causes us to lose hope is our own mess. And this is something which I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with. But, I mean, humanity has a great ability to do immense good. I hope you know that this morning. We can do brilliant things. We can, uh, uh, we can put an end to poverty, and we're getting closer to that. We can uh, put, give homes to the homeless. We can lift the spirits of broken and hurt people. But if I'm brutally honest with you this morning, what I find comes more naturally to me is that this selfish desire of mine Can cause pain on other people. I've realized this more since becoming married. Uh, Some of you may know this well. I did not realize how self centered I was uh, until I became married and I'm sharing a life with someone else. But it's true, isn't it? Man, I find it so easy to mess up, far easier than it is to do good. And this is the other problem that we find in life our own mess, our own problems can cause this hope to be stuffed out. Um, one man called uh, Graham Seed, actually, talks about this very powerfully. I was talking to him just last week about this. Uh, Graham um, grew up in a, a rough childhood. Uh, and so he found meaning in violence. Uh, he found meaning in putting people down on the floor. And actually, he got into gangs and into football hooliganism in the 80s, which sounds mischievous, but it is Terrible! It was just something else. Uh, I'm talking knives, blunt objects, everything. He has an incredible story. One which would just shock you. But anyway, he talks about how his life was just a mess. By the age of 16, he'd been in and out of the police station 33 times. And he carried on getting longer sentences and longer sentences until at the age of 34, he found himself on a park bench having been released from prison. And he said, Jake, I just felt like such of a mess. He said, it all came running into my mind. And you know what? He said, he felt so guilty of the wrong he'd caused. He knows he'd hurt people. And he didn't want to hurt people all the time. And he felt so, so rubbish. His mess was just in his head. And he said, he tried to numb it with alcohol. He even tried to numb it with drugs. But he said, I just... He said, if I'm brutally honest, I just wanted to stop. Just wanted to stop. You see, our own mess can cause this hope... This reason for living to go away. And look, maybe, and maybe you're not in Graham's position tonight, uh, this morning. Maybe you're not you know, in the position of causing that much harm as him. Maybe you have. I don't know your story. But one thing to know is for sure that no matter the mess, big or small, we can all feel at times shameful and guilty in our hearts and minds of what we've done. And it's not necessarily that we don't have hope to carry on after that. But it's more like we feel like we don't deserve hope. It's more like we feel we don't deserve to carry on. And we want to take away these good things. We want to almost punish ourselves. And that guilt and shame can remove our hope. Look, if the the cold truth is, if this universe is all there is, if we're just random accidents in a random world that will come to a random end one day, then we are faced with the meaninglessness of our existence. And we're also facing with the problems and issues that we've done wrong, uh, problems and issues that we've made. And we have to just deal with the guilt, deal with the shame. But let me tell you this morning, I'm not here to say that. What I'm here to tell you is that there is far more hope for living than you ever knew before. There's far more reason to life. And I'm here to talk about Christianity, which is, I believe, I've come to know, is the strongest basis for hope any life could ever have. Because Christianity is the message that there is not just a random world coming about, but there is a designer behind what we see and this designer, this God, he's not a cold, unloving God. But he's one who loves you so much that he wants to deal with your mess and mine. Oh, it's a good message. Let me, let me tell you that this morning. You know, often people say the universe has a reason. Well, it doesn't if the universe is only there. But if God is there, oh, you bet you God has a reason and a purpose for your life. You're not an accident. And look, we can see and we can know God is there through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, this is quite amazing in the Bible. I love it. Jesus said, He's the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the evidence for the existence of this invisible creator. It's amazing what we see. Oh, if there's a creator, there is purpose and meaning. We're not not an accident, but we're purposely placed, we're lovingly made. And you know what, Jesus said this, it was just up there now, but Jesus said, I have come. This is the maker speaking. God has stepped into this earth and shown himself through this physical person, Jesus. I have come, Jesus says, so that you may know life and life to the full. Because there is far more life, so much hope to know when you know God, when you trust in him, just like Jolene found There's so much hope. Jesus also said this. This is an amazing saying. One which I'm sure many of us will have heard before. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Amazing words. For God so loved the world. There's not a cold creator. But it's a loving God who made this world and he loves it so deeply. This morning, no matter if you've known God before, no matter if you've been in a mess or you feel like you're doing okay, God wants you to know he loves you and he made you. It's an amazing truth. And then if you could put that back up, please. He also said uh, before, yeah, that's the one. It also says, for God to love the world, it says God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. You see, this God who made the world stepped into creation to save you and me. What's he saving me from, Jake? I don't need saving. He came to save you from your mess. Left to our own devices, for our own mess and mistakes. We can spiral out of of control. Maybe you feel that now. And we can lead to almost a self-destructing or we can just live with the weight of shame in our lives. But God came to remove it all. And free us from our failures and mess. You see, Jesus on this earth did this. He died on the cross. The cross is the center picture of Christianity. I was talking to someone yesterday who just could not understand it. And to be honest, in one sense, she got it. You can leave it up, please. In one sense, she got it. Because she looked and just said, the cross is such a cold... Picture, what on earth are you doing as Christians at Easter looking at the cross? Because someone died on there. It's a horrible thing. People wear it around their necks now, right? And she's right. Someone did die on it. So what is going on? You see, this is the way that God would deal with our mess and make a way to save us and set us free. The truth is, right, for the wrong we make, we need Justice. I feel like I need justice. In fact, just like last week, I wanted justice. I got a parking ticket. It was really annoying. And I wrote to the parking registry office, whatever it is, and I said, I don't think I should get this ticket. This is justice. And they wrote back to me Friday and said, No, you are getting this ticket. This is justice. And they showed me why I was wrong. Look, we feel so innately that we want justice for the wrong we make and the wrong we do. We need it. Well, God sees that even stronger than you do. And God comes into this world, looks at our mess, and He says, I can't just sweep it under the rug and just let you go. Because justice must happen. That is the ultimate good that we long for. It must happen. And so God looks at our mess and calls it out for what it is, a mess. But he says, here's the amazing thing. I love you so much that I will come and take the justice on your behalf. And Jesus went to the cross. And on the cross, he is taking the price for all our mess, all our mistakes. So that then we could know this amazing word today. We can know Forgiveness—that That is a powerful term, a powerful word. Uh, Hannah Arendt, philosopher and Holocaust survivor, coming out of the Holocaust, she said that we so need forgiveness in this world. Because she said even to the people who are persecuting her in the Holocaust, she even said the only way to be free from the evils that's been done is through forgiveness. Otherwise, if we don't have forgiveness... We are never released from the shame, the guilt, and the consequences of what we have done. Forgiveness is the way for transformation in life. And God came so that you could have true forgiveness. So that we could truly be transformed. He's taken all the mess. He's taken the justice. It's happened. So now we can be forgiven of all we've done. The guilt and the shame can be taken away. I wonder, do you know forgiveness this morning? You can know it if you come to know this God who made you. Look, let me just finish by telling you about Graham Seed. Because as you can tell, I was speaking to him last week, so his story didn't end on the park bench. But when he was on that park bench, Christians approached him. And at first, he chased them off. He literally ran down the street after them. And he is a scary man. He's like six foot five. So that would be terrifying. Thankfully, that didn't happen yesterday on our streets. But the Christians carried on trying to show him love carried on trying to speak to him about what they knew and Graham eventually softened and he listened and what he found was they were telling him about a God who is behind the universe he's not a random accident but he's lovingly made and put here for a purpose and they also showed him what the cross truly meant that God loved Graham so much that he didn't want him to live in his guilt and his shame and the consequences of his actions and Graham didn't want that either And and they showed him that forgiveness is possible. A new life, a new start, fresh clean slate is possible through the cross of Jesus. And Graham found a relationship with Jesus then and there. And you know what the amazing thing is? He came off the alcohol, came off the drugs. And now Graham goes into the prisons that he was an inmate in. He said, the first time I walked into those prisons, the prison guards couldn't believe it they thought he was smuggling in contraband he was an absolute mess and now he goes in and says I'm not a mess anymore I've been forgiven and I want to show that true transformation and new life is possible hope is real through the God of Christianity it's a truly amazing uh, amazing gospel we have an amazing truth through uh, through the Bible that we can know and you can know that as well this morning did you know that? That God isn't just interested in the, the real like, mess-ups like Graham. He's interested in all of us. And he wants to set us free. He wants us to know true hope. There's reason for life. He made us. And that actually, our messes don't define us. There's freedom in forgiveness. And he also wants us to know eternal life. And that is a big topic. One we're going to go into tonight. In our uh, talk called Life That Doesn't End. The hope we long to have. There's even hope through death with this God of Christianity. So do come along to that tonight to hear more. Look, if you're interested and want to know more about Jesus, want to know if this Christian message can be really true, does it hold its water, then Jesmond Church, this church here, is running Hope Explored, which is a three-week course that just takes bits of the Bible and they look at them, examine them, see if it can give us any hope in life. I wonder if you want to do that course. You can sign up for it. I'm sure Ramsey will talk more about it as well and give you uh, more details. But please do follow it up. If you feel like this has been reaching into your heart and mind, if something's been clicking, don't let it lie. tonight. Don't let it lie this morning. Follow it up because there's a God who wants to know you and there's a God who even died so that you could know full life and real hope amazing let me just pray and then we're going to sing another song but thank you father that you exist thank you that you're real thank you that this life is not all there is there is more thank you that you love us so much and you want to know every single person in this room this morning and that you want to show them full life and i pray for those who are looking that lord jesus they'd find you you'd reveal yourself to them in jesus name amen